This week on the show are pop culture references, we talk about the graphic novel Pneumona, and fortune cookies. It's January 2021, and you're listening to Lunchbox Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. I'm this week's host, Evan, and joining me are my co-hosts, Linnea. Hello. And Brian. Hello. Let's start off this week with our pop culture references. So this week, my pop culture reference is that the new Star Wars show, The Book of Boba Fett, is out. And by out, I mean the first episode is out. So far, I would not say it's that good, but then again, the first episode is basically just introducing everything. It goes kind of slow. So... I would say it's a good, like, first episode, but just by itself, which it is right now, it's not good. Yeah, I watched it with you, Evan, and it didn't really grab me. I was expecting more. I think for a first episode, it kind of fell flat. I think for a first episode, you want something that really grabs you and pulls you in, and this really didn't do much of anything. So I was a little bit disappointed. Hopefully, future episodes will be better. My pop culture reference is that a few weeks ago, we talked about how the, there's going to be a Hilda movie coming out, and so that's on Netflix now, so we can watch it. Yay. Have you looked at it yet? Yeah, I looked at it. I, I guess I should be more specific. Did you watch it? No. No, okay. <laughs> so we can all watch it together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been, I'm very excited for that. I'm, I really want to see it. Have you read the book that it's based on? I have not. Did about you, Evan, Evan read it? I read the book that the last episode of... Season 2 was based on. Uh. Oh, so this will be all new for you then? Yeah. Because I think, because from the trailer, it looked like this is going to have some sort of a mystery in it as to why the trolls keep attacking the town. Like it made it, it implied that there's something, something about the city that, that the trolls need or want or it, it's drawing them to it. So I'm looking forward to finding out the mystery of that. You know what else is a pop culture thing? What? Today is Dad's birthday. Well, not not today as we're posting Yeah, but this. just people who are listening it to it should be aware that today is Dad's birthday. As we are recording this, it is Dad's birthday. Woohoo! Go, Dad. My pop culture news is sad. Just yesterday, the world learned that Betty White passed away. She's a famous uh, actress, comedian. She starred in Mary Tyler Moore show. She was the star of Golden Girls. She won... Numerous daytime Emmys, I mean, you name it, she probably did it. She's beloved in Hollywood and just a sharp wit, great comedic timing, and we will miss her dearly. I heard that she was, like, really close to turning 100. That yeah, she was only a few weeks away from, from 100, and they had this big show planned, like an honorary, you know, to honor Betty White on her 100th birthday. And I think the show is still going to go on to be kind of a memorial to her, but yeah, very funny lady, and we'll miss her. Now, on to our main topic for this week, the graphic novel Nimona. At first, Nimona seems like a lighthearted book about a shapeshifter girl who snuck into the lair of the world's greatest villain, Ballister Blackheart, and wants to join him as a sidekick. After some villainous shenanigans, we learn that Blackheart is more of a misunderstood hero than a villain, and that's mainly due to his complicated history with his arch-enemy, Sir Ambrosius Goldenloin. As the book continues, we find the place that the heroes come from, the institution, is not the great protector that it seems. The graphic novel Nimona is based on a webcomic series and created by Noelle Stevenson, 
It was a finalist in the 2015 National Book Award and has many great reviews and a good fan base. Not a great fan base, just just a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it has a, it's okay. It's just okay. No, no, I, I imagine it's good, right? Yeah, sure. Evan wrote that, so. <laughs> I wrote it. So good is just a qualifier that you put in there. Yeah. But Linnea probably thinks it's a great fan base, right? Why? Well, because this is your book, right? Oh, yeah. This is your book, <laughs> and you're a big fan of Noelle Stevenson, right? Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little about Noelle Stevenson? Who is she? Uh, so she's a nice person. <laughs> she, what, wow. <laughs> wow, I would never have guessed. <laughs> but yeah, she wrote this book. I think this book is like how she got started mostly. I'm not sure. But yeah, she wrote this. She co-wrote, she co-wrote, I don't know. What's, what's the, she co-written? Okay, she helped she to co-produce. <laughs> she helped to co-write uh, the Lumberjanes series, which is like another series of graphic novels. And then she also uh, was a big part of writing and creating the show She-Ra. Which Linnea is a very big fan of. Yeah. And then she also helped to write the She-Ra graphic novel that I also got for Christmas. And we've talked about She-Ra already, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we've only talked about the first season. So Noelle Stevenson is a recurring person here on our podcast. So Evan, I think you wrote down some questions. I imagine Linnea probably has some questions too. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this graphic novel. Yep. Okay. So, I'll do my questions first. What do you think of the artwork? I really like the art style in this book. Like, it's it's really simplistic, and, like, usually I like more complicated, prettier-looking styles, but I just really like the art style because it's so nice and simple and everything's just, like... I like the line art, I guess, <laughs> and the colors. The colors are, like, really bright and vibrant, and, like, they're also different. There is something about this art that just stands out to me beyond like all other art i can just tell this one specifically it's a very distinct style when i look at it it reminds me a lot of say you're drawing with a real fine tip pen and ink pen yeah and then you go back and color it in and i read that this was the the colors were all done in photoshop so i imagine she probably scanned it well i don't know maybe, maybe she drew it right in there or maybe she scanned it and then just you know did did a fill so you get this sort of flat color cuz it's not there's not much shading, you might say. Like things don't go from light to dark. They're they're big swaths of color. Who was your favorite character in terms of their backstory? Just in terms of the backstory? Yeah. So which backstory was my favorite? Yeah, which backstory? Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of characters with interesting backstories. I like the main guy's backstory the best. The Ballister Blackheart guy. Because when you meet him, you think he's just a mean villain person. But he's just kind of like a nice guy <laughs> who's more trying to help than anything, really. Yeah. I want to say Nimona because we don't actually know her backstory, but what we go by is pretty interesting. Yeah, we don't really know everything about her backstory. It's kind of left She's a very anonymous. secretive person. Yeah, she's very secretive, but at the same time, you get you feel like you get to know her so well. For me, it'd probably be Blackheart, just because I I feel like I identify with him. He seems like a <laughs> seems like a middle aged guy, you know, my age, who's evil, um, you know, just, <laughs> just like you, just like not me, evil. just like me. Well, you know, I'm I'm misunderstood, right? <laughs> Who misunderstands? Oh, a lot of people. A lot of people think uh, I'm evil, but you know, mm. deep deep down, I'm a softie, right? No, um, who thinks you're, you're evil? evil all the way? <laughs> Why? Thank you. 
No, I don't know. I just, I just think his story is probably the most interesting to me mm-hmm. as a character. I mean, I think he is who he is throughout the book, but I think it's Nomona's interaction with him that makes the good qualities come out eventually. Yeah. On his own, he's he's still trying to do the right thing and be, like, a good person, but Nomona just, like, really helps him to open up and be a more nicer person. Okay, so next question. Where on earth do you think this would take place? Like, at in any, like, country or place, like, specifically Europe or something? Where do you think it would take place if this were to take place on Earth? Uh, okay. Well, it definitely doesn't take place on Earth, but there's some more, like, medieval fantasy elements to it and also, like, sci-fi elements. So, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, one of my big questions was, when do you think this takes place? Mm, yeah, because to me, it's kind of similar to Shira in the way that, like, they have super advanced magical technology stuff, but everyone just seems to live in the medieval world yeah they're all wearing armor and chainmail and cloaks and they have swords but yet at the same time they have guns that shoot mysterious rays of energy of energy and and jade root juice and things like that so yeah time-wise it's sort of a anachronistic kind of thing it's could be multiple different times Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's futuristic it's medieval it's but it works yeah what did you think about the institution in the story the institution confused me at first because i was like oh i thought it was a school and now it's the whole government system that's (laughs) nice and then they purposely made blackheart into a villain to fight them and then so they purposely make some people into villains and some people into heroes and that was kind of confusing for me at first but then i thought maybe they're just doing that so they can pit everyone against this one person and like i don't know (laughs) unite people more if you want to make people stand for something you gotta have something that people don't stand for it feels like a secret organization to me yeah because they're doing experiments and they're covertly doing things like this is supposed to be for the kingdom and the king and there's a king that we only see once and he's only mentioned maybe once or twice i don't think even the king knows what's what's going on yeah does the king have any power like right why do they need a king if they have this institution it's like the royal family of a bunch of countries these days there's a government but there's also like this this king or queen symbol it might be a thing kind of like that what happened in avatar where the king thinks he's in power but really it's the institution yeah, that's a good analogy, Linnea. Yeah. So, who did you connect with most in, most in the story? Dad already answered this earlier, but, like, Linnea. Mm, who did I connect with most? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. I guess Nimona kind of reminded me of my friends. She reminded you of all your friends? No, just, like, some of them. Okay. <laughs> We should, we should get into Nimona a little. I, yeah. I, I'd be interested in knowing your thoughts on when she first appeared in the story because mm-hmm. I found her kind of insufferable. <laughs> I liked her. I mean, she was she didn't listen. She was really bratty and always, she wasn't paying attention. She didn't do what he asked. You know, she, she wanted to come and join him and yet she did everything the opposite of what he wanted. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I found that really annoying. So I didn't really like her that much at first. Yeah. I didn't really not like her. I just knew that she had lots of flaws. (laughs) Nimona is like me because she's annoying. (laughs) 
Like, there is a huge difference between Nimona and Blackheart, where Blackheart has these really strong morals. He refuses to kill innocent people, where Nimona is still going to be on his side and, like, want to, like, help with what he's doing, but she doesn't really care about, like, killing innocent people, it seems. Nimona has different morals, but she's on the same side. Mm-hmm. She's, like, what you could call, I guess, like, chaotic good or something. An anti-hero? Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. They're definitely very different characters. Yeah. You would you would not mistake them for each other, that's for sure. And so maybe it's the clash and the tension between them that, that's part of the story. So do you have any questions, Linnea? All right, well, what did you think of Nimona by the end of the story? Yeah, once we find out where she came from, or at least the tidbits or glimpses that we might get, because we're not really sure... The more I knew about her backstory, the mo- more confused I got. Yeah, it. I think it's left to be a bit of a mystery. And even Blackheart says, you know, it, it's kind of a mystery. He doesn't really know mm. what happened or what happened to her. He tries to suss it out of her, and she never gives in. So he can only piece together little bits and pieces. And it's the same as the reader, so we're kind of stuck. It could be he's trying to help her overcome this trauma that she went through, even though he doesn't quite know what it was, but he knows that something was up, and hopefully that by the end she's in a better place than she was at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the point is that, like, Nimona came into this guy's life, and, like, she helped him open up, and now he's all happy, and, like, that's mostly because of, like, how she interfered with his life, but she was also very flawed, and she needed help herself. So they needed each other. They needed each other. Yeah, but, like, by reciprocal. the end, they had to, like, kind of grow apart. So I'm wondering what you two thought of Dr. Meredith Blitzmeyer. she remind you of anyone? <laughs> the one with yeah. the goggles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she reminded me. Of, I, yeah. I, I mean, I wonder where they got inspiration for the <laughs> one character in She-Ra, you yeah. know? Yeah, so one of my favorite characters in She-Ra, which I think we mentioned on that episode, mm-hmm. and now I'm spacing out on her name. Entrapta. Entrapta. Yeah, I, I got to this point, and I was reading, and here here's this doctor. The first and she's, time I see her, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where Entrapta yep, came this from. is Entrapta, <laughs> even down to the goggles and harnessing strange energies and mechanics. and Just the way she acts. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. She doesn't like, know, oh. like, anything, but she wants to study science. Right, yeah, she doesn't like, repeat, really remember people's names yeah, or that the much. Yeah, that she's, like, just so smart with technology and horrible with people. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can tell it's a Noel Stevenson story when you have a, an Entrapta kind of character, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the only one that really struck me as similar. All the other characters were very unique yeah. and different. So that was good. What did you think of the uh, Golden Loin guy? He was also very flawed. There are lots of things that kind of show that, especially at the end of the book. There are little tidbits of past with Blackheart and Golden Loin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read that. At the beginning of the book, you start reading and you feel like the main conflict in the book is going to be between uh, Ballister Blackheart and Ambrosius Goldenloin. But then, like, by the end of the book, the bigger conflict is more between Nimona and the dictator, who's, like, the kind of leader of the institution. I feel like Ballister Blackheart and Ambrosius, those two are more just pawns in the dictator's, like, control. Yeah. I really like the villain of the story, which is the leader of the institution. Mm-hmm. Also, do you guys did you guys notice that the leader of the institution is like an elf? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was wondering at that because at one point Nimona points out like she calls him something. She's like, what are you, a goblin? Yeah. He has pointy ears, or she. 
Yeah, so there might be some nefarious plan going on even deeper that we don't know about. Yeah. What's your final writing? I really like this book. Yeah. Because <laughs> I like the characters, and I really like the ending, uh, even though it was kind of sad. But, like, yeah, I like the whole book. It was... It, really like sucked me in at the end there is a lot going on so i'll give it like um eh, maybe an eight or nine out of ten i'm gonna give it an 8.5 i liked it quite a bit i enjoyed the art uh as i said i kind of found her character at the beginning to be a little bit grating on my nerves like why why would you know why would blackheart keep her around if she's just gonna do everything against his wishes so I found that uh, kind of grated on me. Uh, but once I got past that, you know, it was better. Uh, I found the end fights a little hard to follow as to what was exactly happening. So much stuff was happening at the end. Yeah, there were just, you know, people being thrown here and there and dark and fire. and Anyway, yeah, that's just some of my takeaways. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed the ending, even though it was a little, little bit bittersweet. Um, but I think some stories are better left with a little mystery. Mm. And, yeah, I will give this, I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. So now t it's time for fortune cookies. So speaking of fortune cookies, why don't you tell them about one of the Christmas gifts you got this year? Oh, yeah. So from our grandma, we got, what is it, grandma? A fortune cookie maker. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to make fortune cookies, and then we can review, and then we can talk about it on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a kit. It has, I'm, I'm guessing there's, we haven't opened it yet. I'm guessing no. there's probably ingredients in it, and there's little paper slips, and a. it says an edible marker, which I, the way they worded huh. it sounded like you could eat the marker, which is very <laughs> odd. I mean, I'm sure they mean it's just the ink that you write on the paper that's edible. Not that I don't know why you would want to eat it. Anyway, it's really weird. I want to eat a marker. What but, uh, I wonder what it would taste like. Why is there an edible marker? Why would we need that? Well, I think if you're going to have probably the paper inside the cookie, you, you can't have ink that would rub off on the cookie. I, mm. I, I always thought they put in the fortunes after you made the cookie. I didn't think you baked the fortune yeah. right in the cookie. Maybe you do. I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we open the kit and try to make some. Yep. <laughs> okay. So my fortune for this week is hearty laughter is a good way to jog internally without having to go outdoors. Another good way to jog internally without having to go outdoors is to use a treadmill. Like we got for Christmas. <laughs> my fortune this week is if you want people to like you, like yourself first. Aw, I have great ambitions make great men. They don't gr make great women, though. Yeah, That I'm sounds not, like a superhero slogan. I'm not a man myself, great. so I cannot speak if this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lunchbox Reaction. You can check us out on the web at lunchboxreaction.net. Check us out on Twitter at Lunchbox Reaction. Thanks once again to my co-host, Linnea. Bye. And Brian. Goodbye. And see you next week at the lunch table. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy late New Hopefully Year. Hopefully 2020 is better than 2021 and 2020. Y you said 2020. Oh, yeah, 2022. 2022 is better. At the back of the book, there are, like, little tidbits.
that give you like little stories that you wouldn't know otherwise. Hang on, Grandma's calling me. Hello? Hi. Oh yeah, I've tried them on. They both fit. No, they're good. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.